You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We said four quarters, all gas, no break. You guys did that today. Hell of a job. R-E-L-A-S. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're do. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today on the show, we're going to talk about some updates on the facilities and the practice schedules as the NFL alters its guidelines on the preseason process, training camp, and all of those things. And then we're going to segue that into how it affects the Packers specifically as they look for a defensive advantage in the 2020 season. We've spent a lot of time talking about the offense, and I think that it is important that we also take some time here you know, in, in June, training camp doesn't open for another few weeks, late July. So we have some time to to get into some real, you know, down and dirty, deep detail kind of stuff. And, and so we're going to do that on the show today. And today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. There's also something I just want to... to promote before we get into today's show. I had a conversation earlier today with Jason Alston, and he started Heaven's Table Barbecue in Milwaukee, and the food is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And here at Locked On Packers and and the Locked On Podcast Network, we are trying to do our part uh, in finding solutions to the problems that we face in our society. Uh, We are working on a number of fundraising efforts, campaign efforts, awareness efforts. And one of those is we want to promote business owners in our areas. Remember, we also did this with COVID. Businesses affected by what was going on with the coronavirus and the closures. And right now, we want to do a special bit of promoting. And in this case, we're talking about Black-owned businesses in Milwaukee. And Jason is a former chef at Marquette opened his own place, Heaven's Table, and it is, it's outstanding food. He was helping feed frontline workers during the pandemic, and this week has been helping to feed county sheriffs as they are out there trying to make sure that the protests that we have are safe and that other businesses are safe. He is someone who promotes and builds up his community, serves them, And I wanted to highlight that work and hoped that you would consider 
supporting him. You you can go follow them on Facebook. They give updates. He says they want to have some promotions and some promo codes and some coupons. If you're a Facebook follower, you can go to their Instagram page as well. Uh, they don't deliver after four, but they, they are doing pickup. And he says he hopes very soon to be able to do in-person dining once again, once the mayor in Milwaukee lift some of the restrictions. They're going to have some outdoor tables, hopefully, where you can come and sit outside, socially distant and all of those important things, and enjoy what I think is, if not the best, some of the best barbecue in the city. Uh, Jason is is really doing work to support those around him, and I, I just think it would be great if the Locked On Packers community could support him as well. All right, to the NFL now. Teams are allowed to now start to open their facilities. Uh, you know, obviously the, the Packers are in a state that is in the midst of reopening, and this is going to have to be done at a gradual process. It is not going to be the same. And we still don't quite know what the deal is with if there's going to be sort of a substitute mini camp. Is there going to be some sort of, you know, mid to late June special camp? Um, maybe you extend training camp. These are all things that have been thrown out there. We don't have any information on whether or not any of that is going to happen at this point. But what the NFL did do was offer guidance on teams who have traveled. You know, teams, some you know, some teams like to to drive. They like to get away. They like to do what Green Bay does at St. Norbert's, but they do it, you know, a significant distance away from their home facility. They will not be allowed to do that. Furthermore, there will be no traveling to practice, not just if it's your own facility, but to other facilities. So the Packers and the Browns were set to have a joint practice that, as of right now, will no longer happen. You may recall Aaron Rodgers, not a big fan of those joint practices. Jay Sternberger was hurt in those practices. A cheap shot from Lonnie Johnson. It is often the case that the competitiveness will lead to fights, and it seems like every time there's a joint practice, one of the, the few days there, there's a little bit of a fracas, and it makes Sports Center. Uh, th- you know, whatever. Basically. I mean, I don't care. Uh, but the, the team, you know, the coaches really liked having that opportunity because it means less reps for your veterans, and, and it means Aaron Rodgers can take fewer snaps in the preseason because you're getting competitive reps. You're getting competitive reps against non-teammates. And if you're not going to play in the preseason, those are important reps. And they're even more important if you miss an offseason, if you miss a mini camp, if you don't get those spring reps to sort of fortify your knowledge of the system, to create better timing with your teammates, and get a feel for what the guy next to you is trying to do on a given play. If you're not going to play a lot in preseason, and I still expect that the Packers, especially their starters, will not play a lot in preseason, then something like a joint practice can be an extremely useful exercise in getting competitive reps for your players. To not have that is to potentially set back the development that you would have otherwise had. Now, that doesn't mean the Packers are you know, worse for not having done it. It just means you don't have the opportunity to get better. And that that lost improvement could have deleterious effects on the team in 2020. 
It could mean they're not as sharp to start the season. It could mean they don't have as good a read on some young players. You know, maybe they don't have as good idea of what Jay Sternberger can do because they missed a few days of reps against players on a different team. And maybe it means that they don't have as good of, of an idea of what A.J. Dillon can do or the progress that Alan Lazard has made or where Devin Funches is in learning the offense. And that hurts your development. That hurts your team. It's just another step that you're missing out on. It's another opportunity gone for your team to get better and for, for a Packers team that probably needs the internal development. You know, if they want to be an 11, 12 win team in 2020, they need the players already on the roster to make them better. You need that internal development because they didn't add a ton of talent to this roster. To miss out on those opportunities is harmful to your team, harmful to its capacity for growth. And when you miss out on those opportunities, it has trickle down effects on the rest of your team. Now, how big? We don't know. And, you know, I've, I've brought up the 2011 example before. There are important differences that separate this team from that team. And Aaron Rodgers playing at all-time levels is probably the biggest one. He was able to cover up for a lot of sins and, you know, certainly defensive issues that that team had. They don't have that trump card now. They don't have that singular force that can just take over games, at least not the way that Aaron Rodgers did. I mean, Zadarius Smith at times last year took over games. Aaron Jones at times took over games. Devontae Adams. It's nice to have a cadre of players capable of putting the team temporarily on their back, but Aaron Rodgers could do it week in and week out. And when you needed a play, he could go get you a play. He's not that guy anymore. Not to say he's not still a good player, he is. He's just not that guy anymore. And so when you are losing this practice time, this growth time, that holds your team back. How far? We can't know because when we eventually see this team in 2020, we have no way of knowing what it could have been if they'd have had March, if they'd have had April, if they would have had you know a full training camp after all of that, if they would have had joint practices. We don't know. And we can't know. And in that way, it becomes a Rorschach test. If you believe if they fail, some will point to that and say, that's why they failed. And if they succeed, you know, you get to say, well, it didn't matter. Well, maybe, or maybe they could have been even better. We don't actually know and we can't know. And in a lot of ways, that's the point. What we can know is that Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. This is not hyperbole, folks. I've tried them all, and Built Bar is the best one that I have found by far. There's some other decent ones out there. There's some ones that you can manage with, you can muddle through, but if you want to enjoy what you're eating and know that what you're putting in your body is actually legitimately good for you, we're talking about low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, the good stuff, and it tastes good, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate ganache, Mint brownie. These are just some of the flavors that Built Bar has got going on. Give yourself a chance to enjoy what you're eating. Even if you're not the kind of person that, you know, works out and, and wants to pack on the protein, maybe you're just the kind of person that would like to have something delicious and not feel guilty about it when you're done. Built Bar 
is that for you too. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your first order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at Built Bar. And if you're looking to make an impact on more than just your sugar intake, then the Army is the best place for you. Whether your goal is to fight and cure diseases, develop technologies, or seek adventures across the globe, the Army is where all of that can happen and so much more. The Army is a team of a million of individuals working together to take on the most complex problems in the nation and the world and to win. Ask yourself, what's your warrior? And text ALPL to 462-769 to find out. That's ALPL to 462-769. All right, so we talked to start the show about this lost opportunity. And what I thought was really interesting is Matt LaFleur in some ways downplayed the impact of the lost offseason on the defense because the defense is schematically at least the same. And although the players are mostly the same, Obviously, the big change is the different middle linebacker signal caller, Christian Kirksey for Blake Martinez. The Packers were supposed to make him available yesterday. And in recognition of Blackout Tuesday and the social media awareness campaign, they decided not to do that, although they did you know, post on social media for that. The Packers are going to need this defense to come out and come out hot. And you think about what they were able to do last year. Yes, they had a full offseason, but you're adding brand new pieces. Zedaria Smith, Preston Smith, Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage. These are linchpin players, critical pieces, and they're new starters on your team, and they instantly became some of the best players on your team. And it wasn't until the end of the year that Mike Pettin realized, oh, Zedaria Smith can do this, and it unlocks all of this other stuff for the team. Well, okay, now it has to be about here's what they do well and here are the details. This was something that Mike Patton has emphasized, the details, making sure the gap integrity is sound, making sure that guys are in the right spots, that they're taking on blocks the right kind of way, and that they're creating pressure where they need to create pressure. The guys on the field are going to be mostly the same. Ten of the 11 starters will have been on the field last year unless the Packers go out and make another move. And there are still players out there Look like Timmy Jernigan was going to go to Houston. He's not. He could be the kind of player that could come in and, and make an impact for the Packers. I think that would be a terrific move. He's healthy. He's an instant upgrade over someone like, you know, Tyler Lancaster, even Dean Lowry. And you have a formidable one-two punch inside with Kenny Clark. But these guys are in the system now, multiple seasons, a year longer than the Matt LaFleur system. And you are able to keep that continuity and add to it, to build on it. And for them to come out last year, think about how they came out last year to open the season. They shut the Bears down, dominate that game defensively, pressure Mitch Trubisky, get sacks, turnovers. Adrian Amos comes up with the game-winning play. They do something similar to Minnesota. They, they pressure Kirk Cousins. They make him uncomfortable. They move him off his spot. They create multiple turnovers in critical situations and then pressure and sacks to close out that game. Same thing with the Denver game. They go out. Joe Flacco has issues. They, they closed out that game on defense. That was 
year one of Zadarius Smith, of Preston Smith, of Adrian Amos, and Darnell Savage. Now think about all those guys playing together, the confidence that that breeds, the the swagger that they played with last year, the D-train. All right, now they get to come out and do it all again, and now you have a full season of tape if you're the Packers, if you're Mike Patton, and you're those defensive coaches, and you get to say, okay, these are what these, these players are best at. Doug Farrar, a touchdown wire, did a piece about the best cover corners in the league in man coverage. Kevin King was on that list. Jair Alexander wasn't. Okay. Maybe they can play a little bit more man coverage than they did at times last year. It was, it was zone busts that often created the big plays for the Packers. In particular, they had issues in cover three with replacement assignments and we don't have to get into the, the nitty-gritty X's and O's stuff, but Darnell Savage in year two, we can expect him to be better. They love him. Mike Patton loves Darnell Savage and his ability. I do too. And one of the reasons why I, I am at this point not believing that they will bring back Tremont Williams is because I think Darnell Savage is going to play some slot corner this year. And Shannon Sullivan is going to be the, the primary guy, but I think in some base in some base packages, you'll see Savage in the slot. And they'll put they'll put Amos deep. And I think that their willingness to move around Sidarius Smith unlocks Preston Smith and can unlock Rashawn Gary this season. I'm very bullish on what he can be this year. I was not so much last year. I thought, okay, he's gonna be he's gonna come in and play good run defense, and he's a work in progress as a pass rusher. But we've seen some of that progress. And he was able to win with effort last year. Okay, if he has a better plan this year, if he's watched the tape, if he studied Zadarius Smith as he started out to do last year, we know what his physical tools say he can be. So it may be the case that the Packers offense isn't able to make that year two leap with Matt LaFleur right away. Maybe by midseason, they're able to find a rhythm and, and get everything going, or, or you know, mid-October, Halloween, something like that. But the defense has the chance to come out right away and put an imprint on this season. They have early contests that they need to win. You go to Minnesota, that can change your whole season if you get a win there. You go to New Orleans, that can change your whole season. That could have first-round buy implications, number one overall seed implications. If Zadarius Smith goes in there and does what he did in Week 16 last year as a one-man wrecking crew, or Jair Alexander has that, that breakout game that we haven't quite seen since that Rams game two seasons ago, where he just says, I got this. This is my game. I'm going to take it over. That opportunity for this Packers defense is there. They have the talent to do it. And despite this limited offseason, because they have that continuity, they could open up the year with far more continuity than a lot of other teams. They could, they could open the season far more ready to compete than a lot of teams, far more ready than the Vikings, for example, who are replacing players all over their defense, a totally new secondary, a totally new defensive line, except for Daniel Hunter. And, and so what is that going to look like? That's going to take time. Are they going to be ready in early September to handle the Packers? Maybe not. 
And if the defense is able to do that, then Green Bay's lack of explosiveness from last year, their lack of accommodating that explosiveness in the offseason can be mitigated because, as we talked about yesterday, what they want to do is play out of some bigger personnel. They want to be in more two tight end sets, more two running back sets, more running back fullback kind of situations. And it is harder to do that if you're down. You're down 10. Obviously, you don't want to be down 10. But some teams are better equipped to play that way than others. The Packers, given the Matt LaFleur philosophy, do not want to play that way. They want to be that illusion of complexity team. They want you to think they are just as likely to run the ball as they are past the ball. There are other teams, and we could think back to Packer teams. They didn't care if you knew they were going to pass the ball because they were good enough passing the ball that it didn't matter. This team is not that, in part because Rodgers is not that and in part because the weapons around him are just not that. Now, if they're able to play the style that they want to play, it's going to be in all likelihood because the defense is giving them that opportunity or... The offense is so good that day that it doesn't matter because this offense can still be very good. You know, if the Packers play the way they want to play and they're effective doing it, they can score points. I mean, Aaron Rodgers did not throw the ball all around the yard against Dallas, and they lit up the scoreboard against the Cowboys. So they don't need, you know, the the perfect passer rating Aaron Rodgers to go score 30 points. Not when you have matchup problems like Aaron Jones. Not when Devontae Adams can go out and win you one-on-one matchups consistently. And and you have guys who can create a big play for you down the field. You know, one one deep throw to MVS and you could have a touchdown. They did that early last year. And they were not able to maintain it, but they did it early. So if you have your defense giving you chances and keeping you in games, You can stay within your identity, and if your identity is working, if you're beating down that defense that day, it is less important to have your own team getting stops, but it allows you to stay in your own comfort zone, to play the way you want to play and dictate to opponents rather than have them dictate to you. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow with a lot more. Hopefully we do get an opportunity to hear from David Bakhtiari and Christian Kirksey. And, uh, you know, we we get some more insight every day on on what this offseason process has been like for the Packers players. Uh, But it does seem like a lot of them are focused on more than just football right now. A lot of the players have been speaking out. Billy Turner gave an excellent interview in The Athletic to Match Nyman talking about Everything going on in Minneapolis, that is where he calls home. And so uh, this is certainly a topic that is close to his heart for more reasons than just the obvious. And, you know, I think there are some fans out there wondering when the Packers are going to make a statement. We've, we've gotten some pretty banal statements from other teams. And, you know, obviously Washington posting yesterday, uh, in solidarity led to a lot of of reacting to uh, them still being called the Redskins and and speaking in solidarity against racism. So that's its own can of worms that we don't need to open. But I do want to point out that these conversations are taking place inside the Packers organization. And that's where it should start for all of us. You know, compassion, You know, there's the old proverb, charity begins at home. And I think compassion begins at home, understanding these conversations, they begin at home as well. And the Packers are doing that. 
And I think wanting to clean up your own house to make sure the players and and the staff and the coaches that that they're engaging with this material, that they're engaging with these issues, and that the, and that the players are feeling heard. I think that is all a credit to the culture that this team has built. I don't see it as a negative. I see it as a, a, an organization, a franchise that wants to take care of its players, that wants them to feel heard, that wants everyone to be a part of the process. And my guess is they will come out with something that is more than just a statement in the next few days. That's what they did a few years ago. I mentioned, you know, the arm in arm demonstration um, before the game a few years ago. And and I I would guess that they're going to have something more tangible as we move forward here when it comes to addressing uh, the inequality that we still unfortunately too often see in this country. And and I had, you know, the protests went right by my house last night. And I have to be honest, it was it's heartbreaking because you see so many people in pain and you wonder about the safety of some of the people there. And are the police going to act appropriately? Are the people there going to act appropriately? And then how, how are they going to react to the community? And we've seen some of the, the ugly images of of communities being burned and and looted. And and of course, that's scary. When you see these big groups coming down the street, you wonder, okay, is is my community next when it comes to some of the ugliness too? So we have to be aware of of all of these things as we're trying to figure out and and come to grips with the issues at hand here. Of course, that is not the, the primary issue. You know, we talk about in the, in the NFL draft, it only takes one team. It only takes one asshole is really the, the quote. Well, the same is true in, in these situations. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, we've seen too many of them um, in, in the protests and, frankly, from, from the police as well and, and overstepping and all of that stuff. It, it is just it's really a heartbreaking situation for all of us to be in right now. And, and just like I said, with the coronavirus and, and the lockdown and the quarantine and all the things associated with it, it's something we have to do together. And there's just no path forward unless it's together because fractured even further than we are already is just not a tenable path forward. It's just not. And we have to find a way to, to do this all together as best we can. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow. A lot more to get to. I want to take some of your questions. So send me your questions, do a, a little bit of a mailbag show. I know that We've had a little bit of a slowdown in questions. I think, you know, in some ways the energy toward the season has waned a little bit. This is the part of the year that can always get a little, you know, drags on a little bit, the, the dog days of the off season. And obviously there are bigger things in the world to focus on right now. And I, I think plenty of people are are rightly focused on that. Uh, but, but send me your questions. I do want to get them in tomorrow as we look toward the regular season, training camp and all of those things, which seem to be... I guess on track. I don't mean, I don't know. We'll see. Um, remember you can send me your questions on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Send them to the podcast on Twitter at locked on Packers. You can send them on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the locked on Packers fan hotline, send me your questions, your comments, etc. You can do that. 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.